I think right now when people are thinking about low and no drinks, they mostly think of de-alcoholized beer or de-alcoholized wine, non-alcoholic versions of classic cocktails. But what we're forecasting is really the premiumization of this category and the rise of new non-alcoholic classics that can stand on their own two feet. So more sophisticated options, offering complex flavors, mature drinking experiences, but without alcohol and without imitating alcohol. That's Rachel Tan, food and drink strategist, talking about today's topic, which is all about different and new perspectives around drinking less alcohol. Forget the peer pressure surrounding booze. Find out how being sober curious is the new norm. You're listening to Create Tomorrow with me, Bethan Ryder. And today we're joined by our WGSN food and drink team to discuss the rising popularity of low and no alcohol. From the sober curious movement to mini snack-sized cocktails. Joining me today is our in-house expert, Jen Creevy, Director of Food and Drink, plus strategists Rachel Tan over in Singapore and Millie Diamond in London. So, as a British Gen X who lived through the 90s, I'm really fascinated by the low and no alcohol movement. As a drink sector, it's already huge. It surpassed uh, $11 billion globally in 2022, and it's set to increase by another third by 2026. So, it's summer here, where I'm based in the UK, and there are lots of festivals popping up also that are fully low and no, have a big low and no presence. So, Jen, our Director of Food and Drink... Can you tell us who's driving this trend and where it's heading? So what we're seeing, Bethan, is the evolution of the sober curious movement. So originally concerns around the link between alcohol consumption and anxiety and stress led to the adoption of these sober curious lifestyles. So particularly among Gen Z who are drinking less than generations before them, like yours, Bethan. And yours. <laughs> However, many aren't giving up alcohol altogether. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> and instead they're looking for flexibility. So sometimes they want alcohol, other times low alcohol and other times none at all. So it's really the idea of switching, not ditching. And this new approach to moderation encompasses much more freedom, personal choice and inclusivity. So what this looks like then is flexibility around low and no with offers around different day parts, occasions, formats and activities to fit in with this changing consumer mindset. It does sound very sensible. I mean, you'd go to a pub and there wouldn't be many options, but obviously, I mean, everyone kind of knows about Seedlip, right? That's probably quite old now, I imagine. What other products have come on the market since that? Yeah, it definitely has. So format is really important here. So think multi-packs of cans, which have varying levels of ABV. So there's a great brand in Canada called Gradient Vodka, for example, and their soda multi-pack range it has sort of from 3% to 7% ABV, for example. So you can really sort of mix and match. But also mini snack size cocktails and sort of tiny canned wines are coming to the fore in terms of format. And then in terms of day parts, we'll see traditional drinking times displaced. So breakfast and brunch, low alcohol options, also products that fit into consumers' lifestyle activities. So they could want, for example, uh, zero alcohol offerings while they're out at a party in the evening, or they could want low alcohol offerings at a sort of social sports activity. So all of these products really need to fit into this changing consumer lifestyle and boundaries will very much be blurred. 
this day part thing is really interesting. Breakfast cocktails. I mean, in our day, it was a Bloody Mary to cure the hangover, which is actually not that healthy, right? Rachel, can I bring you in here? Is this genuinely a brunch? Is it more of a brunch thing or, you know, what's happening with early morning or morning cocktails? Well, you know, I can't say no to a mimosa either, but the trend is really more interesting than that. So we did a, a social media scrape recently and the data shows that while most of the low and no conversations are now centering around evening occasions, so things like dinner and nightlife, um, coming in a really close second is breakfast and brunch. And this is actually growing fastest in the later trend stages. So something that is moving to mainstream really quickly. And a lot of innovations around this space are offering much more on flexibility in the, for day drinking. So for drinking low alcohol or just less alcohol, we see a lot of brunch places and bars, like you guys mentioned, offering mini mocktails, uh, mini cocktails, like mini martinis and snack kiris. And these are allowing for a lot more flexibility in a day for you to sample and discover. Uh, we're seeing also a lot of breakfasty flavors inspiring our no-low drinks. So things like coffee, maple syrup, toast and marmalade. These are moving into drinks as flavors. There's this Australian non-alcoholic beer brand called Heaps Normal. They recently collaborated with an indie roastery called Floozy Coffee for a stout that they say is a beer that can be drunk any time of the morning. And I'm here for that. I love that name, Floozy. That's fantastic. And I guess it's what's exciting about that is that you can, as you say, sample lots of things. So it would be quite a nice social event to have lots of mini cocktails and, and try different flavours. I mean, we talk a lot about the outdoor boom and the rise of that WGSN and also the rise in social sports. People since lockdown being a lot more healthy and doing sport that, that isn't like competitive so much, but something you can do with friends. Does this sort of align with this as well? Uh, Millie, can I come to you to ask? Yeah, so as you say, Bethan, there's been a rise in social sports like paddle and pickleball. And these activities are much less about athletic performance and more about just getting together, having a good time. So there's been a shift in approach to sports and exercise happening that's geared towards taking pleasure in these activities. And consumers are really looking for drinks that will complement their sporty lifestyles and give them that enjoyment. For example, non-alcoholic beers, they've exploded recently. And now we're seeing them becoming a really popular drink for sports, during games for hydration, afterwards for recovery, but also again as that social occasion as part of a post-game catch-up session. So in the UK, there's a lifted recovery lager. So it's a high-protein, non-alcoholic beer, which is low-calorie and brewed with the same ingredients as a regular beer. So it's giving you that functionality of a protein shake, essentially, but instead with the refreshing crispness of an ice cold beer. Interestingly, we're also seeing alcoholic sports drinks rising at the same time. So brands are innovating around these shifting consumer priorities. So in Korea, Amazing Brewing has designed a birdie malt lager, which is designed to be carried and drunk around the course by golfers, which is a bit of a shift from what you picture golfers doing traditionally. And the other thing we've noticed are fictional sports clubs emerging, such as Chestnut Sports Club from the US, which brands itself as a playable beer. And in the UK, the Rochambeau Club, which is basically a fictional prestigious members club based in the south of France. But it's launched Raquet Rosé, which claims is perfect for playing tennis, you know, as mid-set refreshment. It's kind of my kind of tennis, to be honest. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I'd love to play tennis on Rosé. 
You're listening to the WGSN Create Tomorrow podcast. And in this episode, we're talking about the rising popularity of low and no alcohol. So if you're sober curious, you should stay listening. I'm Bethan Ryder, Director of Editorial at WGSN. And my guests today are Jen Creevy, Director of Food and Drink, plus strategists Rachel Tan and Millie Diamond. There's a lot of people talking at the moment about kind of status picnics and you know, there's a lot of nostalgia around kind of recreating retro, beautifully sort of not tablescaping, but kind of picnicscaping, people getting together in that in that way. I would imagine this is also a place for people to play for the low and no. Millie, are there sort of very iconic looking things that people would want to take to a status picnic in this sector of the market? Yeah, so as cost of living kind of continues, picnicking has become this affordable gourmet experience that creates opportunities for people to reconnect. And it's really driving this desire for status-driven picnic items, particularly those premium items that complement this aesthetic picnic that people want to post on Instagram or TikTok. So a glass of is an Australian brand um, and they offer wine created by sommeliers from indie winemakers and they're delivered by the glass in portable 200 mil pouches. So it's convenient, more eco-friendly than a bottle, but it still delivers on that cool currency that people are looking for. Talking about these smaller formats, obviously flavour is a huge part of what you talk about, Jen, on food and drink. Are these drinks just, I mean, it used to be that it tasted a bit like a gin and that's what people were looking for. It tastes like beer or it tastes like a wine. But are other things going on here with flavour? Rachel, are people developing things that are completely apart from actually what alcohol is meant to taste like? It's interesting that you would ask that because I think right now when people are thinking about low and no drinks, they mostly think of de-alcoholized beer or um, de-alcoholized wine, non-alcoholic versions of classic cocktails. And then if you swing over to the non-alcoholic drink category, it's always just soft drinks, sodas, juice. But what we're forecasting is really the premiumization of this category and the rise of new non-alcoholic classics that can stand on their own two feet, you know. So more sophisticated options, offering complex flavors, mature drinking experiences, but without alcohol and without imitating alcohol. We see shrubs or things like sipping vinegars as a rising way to add complexity, acidity to no-low drinks. Some brands are even adding a savory element to their shrubs. So in India, Baro Beverages, they have a raw mango and curry leaf shrub. That actually sounds really delicious with soda water or tequila if you're feeling it. Botanical bitters are a way of adding complexity to drinks as well. Herbal sparkling water brand Drem in the US, they are using natural bitters to flavor drinks like cardamom and black tea in cans. Yeah, those flavors are right up my street. Another quick thing that we called out in terms of premiumization is functional ingredients. So different varieties of mushroom like reishi to reduce stress or cordyceps for an energy boost. Carver, CBD and cannabis are also being used as mood boosters. So replacing the alcohol content with ingredients that add multiple different benefits, particularly for mental health. So Kin Euphorics, based in the US, their actual sunshine drink will definitely satisfy your mimosa needs, Rach. It's it's a non-alcoholic mimosa that's also designed to boost immunity and beauty. So it's packed with collagen, vitamins and then coffee berry to gently caffeinate and give you a kickstart in the morning. And then there's something like Brez in the US. They create social tonics that are microdosed, full spectrum cannabis and organic lion's mane mushroom, but in a can. 
So this brand promises euphoria, clarity and relaxation with no hangovers or regrets, which sounds pretty great to me. I'm intrigued as to what they taste like. I mean, the idea of drinking a mushroom drink is kind of, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> really interested in terms of the packaging of what, what these look like. Is it Does it feel very much like this is a very much a Gen Z movement or is the packaging kind of just appealing? Would it be targeting everyone? Jen, do you think, has it got that kind of pop-up grocer where we visited with lots of kind of retro graphics and colours. Could you describe a little bit what these drinks look like? Yeah, I think there's all kinds because the low and no movement kind of was started for Gen Z because they are drinking less. But also it's now being taken on by older generations who are really turning to low and no for health reasons, essentially. But the majority, as you say, focus to Gen Z and they the, the packaging really reflects that. So it's very unapologetic it's very in your face but it also to create a good brand you have to speak to a certain niche community so they've really got that the brands that have got that right really speak to a certain part of the niche community and yeah it's very as I said very unapologetic very in your face very bright contrasting colors that kind of thing Uh, I'd love to know what your favourites are on the team, because I'm assuming you've tried some of these. (laughs) Jen, have you got a favourite? Yeah, I do, actually. So if I was to go zero alcohol, but still want some fizz with a little bit of buzz, then I like Spark from a UK brand called Three Spirit Drinks. So it's a a sparkling rosé alternative. It's got fruity flavours. In London right now, mini martinis are really rising in particular. And there's a great one from a bar called Atcha, which specializes in agave-based beverages, which either it so it uses either a tequila or a mezcal with house-made white vermouth. So it's a nice riff on the original martini. And then in a mi- in a mini version, so you can experiment more, try different versions. That sounds delicious. I'll come and meet you there. <laughs> Definitely. Rachel, if have you got a favorite? Well, I've been mixing up a lot of my own drinks with sparkling water and whatever's in the fridge. So things like calamansi or cold brew tea, kombucha, a cheeky splash of whiskey, maybe. I'm gearing up to buy one of those carbonated water makers, like a soda stream, experimenting with my own new non-alcoholic classics. But if I had to pick like a spirit, a non-alcoholic one. There's a really interesting brand in Singapore called Malaki. So they do a botanical spirit that it's actually inspired by a lot of uh, Asian cultures and Asian herbal ingredients and actually adaptogenic effects as well. So they're very tropical and aromatic, but also very herbaceous and bittersweet. You can drink it in a, with soda water or even uh, on the rocks. That's really interesting. I didn't think of people taking it home to kind of mix things up at home. So that's a whole other area of kind of opportunity I guess getting your yeah as you say your soda stream or whatever so that you can be low and no at home. Millie have you got a favourite? Yeah so I I do like a drink too Um, so I like the idea of being able to drink alcohol but feel its effects a little more steadily so there's a brand called Body in the US and they create low proof vodka which allows you to continue drinking you know the same drink for a longer period of time without feeling the effects quite so much. Um, And here in the UK, there's a brand called Quarter um, and they make quarter percentage spirits and they've just released a tequila. So it's only 12% ABV rather than the usual 40 to 50%. So that really appeals. 
That sounds really good. I'm wondering how much, obviously there's whole areas of the world where people don't drink anyway. I'm wondering if some of these interesting flavours and innovations are happening there too, or if it feels it feels at the moment quite like a European, North America kind of development. Jen, have you, what do you think about that sort of globally? It's definitely a global movement. I mean, I, I can let Rach jump in here, but it's, it is, um, when I talked about you know, the reasons for this. So it is moderation. It is much more inclusive. So if you're choosing not to drink alcohol, say for religious reasons, then it's much more inclusive of, of those reasons as well. So that's, that's just one example. So of course, across the globe, um, there are religions that don't drink alcohol. So it, it is really rising. Rach, you probably want to jump in here because um, you have much more experience of it there. Yeah, so I'm from Singapore and we are surrounded by a lot of Muslim-majority countries with different regulations when it comes to halal, non-alcoholic drinks. But common theme is that the drinks shouldn't be imitating alcohol anyways because that is defying kind of like the spirit of the, the restrictions. So in, in these countries, there are very interesting developments around uh, flavor innovations and just moving away from the mocktail or mock alcohol, mock cocktail labeling to creating very original type drinks. So there are bars, um, say in Malaysia, new innovative bars like Bar Trigona that are just doing very interesting cocktails, minus the alcohol altogether, but bringing in like indigenous ingredients and really interesting uh, flavor components that are uh, linked to culinary uh, practices here in Asia as well. It sounds like a really brilliant evolution in many ways, because I think when we were growing up, and certainly if you think about kind of macho culture, drink is kind of, if you can't drink, if you're not drinking, you know, what's wrong with you, which is something certainly in British culture, that's something that's very familiar so this feels like an incredibly positive evolution all round, Jen. I think it's a really positive movement. And it's also really positive in the fact that people are recognising that they shouldn't necessarily drink alcohol all the time for health reasons. So they are actually going out, having a great time, but also looking after their health a little bit more as well. And then, of course, we're not excluding alcohol at all. So I think you're right. The movement is really, really positive. Thank you to my guests, Jen Creevy, Director of Food and Drink, plus Rachel Tan and Millie Diamond for taking the time to speak to me today. If you're a WGSN subscriber, you'll find reports on consumer drinking trends on Insight and more in-depth forecasts on low and no alcohol drinks on Food and Drink. If you want to find out how to subscribe, head over to WGSN.com to discover how you can get access to our service. We're constantly publishing new content focusing on how we can design a brighter, better future for our industries. And these include food and drink, interiors, beauty, fashion, and consumer tech. You can subscribe on all major podcast platforms. And if you like what you've heard, why not leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts? We'll be back in two weeks for our next episode. You can catch the CEO of WGSN, Carly Buzashi, next week on our other podcast, Lives of Tomorrow, where we'll be looking at the future of news.